0: Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, a subject which is sadly neglected in our day. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Luke chapter 14 and verse 10. Friend, go up higher. When first the life of grace begins in the soul, we do indeed draw near to God, but it is with great fear and trembling. The soul, conscious of guilt and humbled thereby, is overawed with the solemnity of its position it is cast to the earth by a sense of the grandeur of Jehovah in whose presence it stands. With unfeigned bashfulness it takes the lowest room. But in afterlife, as the Christian grows in grace, although he will never forget the solemnity of his position and will never lose that holy awe which must encompass a gracious man when he is in the presence of the God who can create or can destroy, yet his fear has all its terror taken out of it. It becomes a holy reverence and no more an overshadowing dread. He is called up higher, to greater access to God in Christ Jesus. Then the man of God, walking amid the splendors of deity and veiling his face like the glorious cherubim with those twin wings, the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ, will, reverent and bowed in spirit, approach the throne and seeing there a God of love, of goodness, and of mercy, he will realize rather the covenant character of God than his absolute deity. He will see in God rather his goodness than his greatness, and more of his love than of his majesty. Then will the soul, bowing still as humbly as aforetime, enjoy a more sacred liberty of intercession. For while prostrate before the glory of the infinite God, It will be sustained by the refreshing consciousness of being in the presence of boundless mercy and infinite love and by the realization of acceptance in the Beloved. Thus the believer is bidden to come up higher and is enabled to exercise the privilege of rejoicing in God and drawing near to Him in holy confidence, saying, Abba, Father. So may we go from strength to strength and daily grow in grace. Till in thine image raised at length We see thee face to face. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We had let the Bible speak, pray, that at this Christmas season, your heart will rejoice in the truth of God manifest in the flesh. Our prayer is that you may know God's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, God's unspeakable gift. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will conclude a message entitled, The Spirit of Adoption, part of this series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In explaining the beauty of the believer's standing before God, Dr. Cairns has shown that the spirit of adoption witnesses that we are not under the law, but under grace. Therefore, we have no need to labor under a sense of fear Finally, we'll see that all the riches of divine grace belong to the believer in Christ by divine right. Now Dr. Cairns will conclude this message on the spirit of adoption.
1: If there's ever a verse in the Bible that sums up the very heart and substance of adoption, there it is, as he is. You think of how he is today. Think of what he is where he is, how he is. I want to tell you there's a correspondence between where we are, what we are, and how we are. As he is, so are we in this world, even now. Now, here's the result of that adoption. There is no fear in love. Now, let's not complicate matters. The charismatics want us to believe that there is no fear of any description, and yet we are told that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't take a genius to realize there is a difference, a very basic difference, between the godly reverential fear and awe that a child of God has toward God because of his majesty, and that tormenting slavish fear... That a rebel has at the thought of coming into the presence of his judge. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. What is perfect love? It is God's love to me in Christ. Perfect love as I come to understand that love. Casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. There you have it. Fear hath torment, but he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Turn that around. He who, with maturity of heart and soul, comprehends the love of God in Christ, is free from tormenting fear. The Holy Ghost then witnesses you are loved by God. You are redeemed by God. You are reconciled by God and unto God. You are justified by God. You are adopted by God. Therefore, fear not. Fear not. For the sons of God need never have tormenting fear. It is our Father with whom we deal. And the third thing that the Spirit witnesses is that all the riches of God's grace belong to us by divine right. You think of the context of what we have been reading this morning. What are these riches? The Holy Spirit speaks to us of our Father. There's the greatest element in the riches of the sons of God. When a Roman boy was redeemed out of a terrible situation and brought into the family of a great Roman citizen, his first thought surely would not be, what a mansion I live in. What a bank balance I'm going to have. What an education is mine. No, surely the thought would be first and foremost, What a father I have. The first element in the riches of the sons of God. Our father. Notice how Paul puts it. We cry, Abba, father. The word father in Aramaic and then in Greek tells you that the gospel expands through all nations, yes, it tells you that, but it is also true that the Abba is peculiarly the word of endearment of a child to his father. There is a nearness there, there is a trust there. Then there's something else. Among the Jews it was a law that no slave could ever address a free man with the word ABBA. Now look at Paul. We cry ABBA Father We are no longer slaves, as we read in Galatians 4. We are not slaves anymore. We are the sons of God. We have our Father. It speaks to us about our family. We are numbered among the sons. We are numbered among the children. We have our place with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with Peter, James, John, Paul and all the rest of the apostles we have our place with the elect of God and the redeemed of God from all ages we are part of the family of God you think of that there was a time when you were a child of wrath even as others There was a time when you were numbered among the transgressors. Bless God today. Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are in God's family. That's the witness of the Spirit. Then he speaks of our fortune. When God brings us into the family, he puts before us all the riches that are his. In the words that we were singing this morning, he witnesses, all that is mine is thine. That's our fortune. Notice how Paul proceeds here. We have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit witnesses that we are the children of God. If we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God. Then he witnesses our fellowship with Christ. We are joint heirs. All that belongs to Christ in the terms of the covenant of grace belongs to the believer in Christ. All that Christ merited by his life, by his death, by his intercession, all that he merited is given equally to all the children of God. What fellowship of Jesus Christ. This fellowship is shown beautifully if you compare the words of Romans 8:15 with Mark 14 and 36. Where the Lord Jesus lying in the garden of Gethsemane going through the depths of humiliation with all the fiery darts of hell hurled upon him, with such agony that the blood was oozing through the pores of his skin. Every man's hand was against him, and even his friends had left him alone in this dark hour. He cried, "Abba, Abba, Abba Father! You and I never really have a Gethsemane. All oh, we have are dark days." We can never plumb the depths of sin. We have our lonely times. We have our distressing periods. We have our tears and our heartaches. What a joy it is to know that we are in fellowship with Christ. And we cry, Abba Father. Will you notice in John seventeen when Jesus prayed He prayed, My Father. No Christian ever should pray, My Father. Jesus taught us when we pray, say, Our Father. Because we never stand alone in the presence of God we always stand in vital union and communion with Jesus Christ. He trod the wine press of God's wrath alone. Bless God, we stand in vital communion with him. Thank God the Spirit witnesses not only of our Father and our family and our fortune and our fellowship with Christ, but he witnesses about our future. Because He says, we are joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Adoption legally has been transacted. We are the sons of God. But the full meaning of that adoption awaits the coming of Christ. Verse 23 not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's all we have at the moment. The full harvest is yet to come. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. What a day. Then in my flesh, I shall See God. That's our future. Now this is the witness of the spirit of adoption. Can I say as I close this morning that as the spirit of adoption, the Holy Ghost's task is actually to make us feel the reality of these things. I have no doubt that every Christian here will say, Yes, these are true. I am convinced of these things as facts. But you see, the spirit of adoption, my friend, is not convincing us of an abstract truth. He is not merely convincing us by argument of a theological fact. Rather, the ministry of the Holy Spirit here is to make us conscious of our personal interest in these things. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of adoption works within me that I may say and feel I am not under law. I am under grace. I am free from slavish, tormenting fear. I have the liberty of the sons of God. I can cry, Abba, Father. With all the boldness, and the nearness, and the dearness, and the assurance that that term implies, the Holy Ghost's job is to make us feel, and I use that word advisedly, make us conscious. We're not saved by feeling, but I want to tell you my friend, it's a mistake to do what some people think they can do and cut feeling out of Christianity. Christianity is not an egghead philosophy. Christianity is a relationship with God. And I tell you, my friend, when you are rightly related to God, and God the Holy Spirit convinces you of that, what's oh, going to affect the way you feel? 1 John 4 and 19, we love him because he first loved us. I want to tell you, when you are made to feel that God loves you, then you will, in return, love him. Here is the work of the spirit of adoption. Convincing us that we're not under law, we're under grace. We're among the number of the sons of God. We have all the rights and we have all the privileges of the sons of God. And enabling us to live in the enjoyment that these things are true of us personally. May God indeed grant us the witness of this spirit of adoption if you are here today you're under conviction of sin and it appears that fear of God is the only feeling that you can have Then, my friend flee to Christ in whom the law of God has been satisfied flee to Christ Cry to him for the witness of his spirit. I'll come back to the witness of the spirit on another occasion. But when you have the witness of his spirit, you will find two things. His spirit will witness with your spirit. You will cry, Abba, Father. And the Holy Ghost will confirm it in your heart. May God make that the joyous experience of every man and woman among us. Rest not until you are resting in the joy of sonship in Christ.
0: listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org.